Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I'm Marvin Williams. And today is episode 77. We are continuing these bonus episodes yeah, of yeah, People yeah. Who Believed God. Yep. Um, weren't necessarily in Hebrews 11, but we thought, let's give them a shout out. Yep, they didn't make the list, but they had yep. faith. And so today we are focused on Mordecai, and Mordecai's story is found in the book of Esther. So I, have to, I have to admit that when I, every time I hear the word, uh, the, the name Mordecai, I feel like I'm on a dude ranch. Mordecai. Mordecai, like I don't know, just I think there there was a there was a, a western with uh, with Mordecai in it. So it's not uh, a very common name. It's not a very kind common of name. Out of use so. for the most part. But. Yeah, yeah. But this is this is um this is a, a really probably one of my favorite um my favorite stories. Um, there's something that we have to say before we jump into this that this is the only book in the Bible where the name of God is not mentioned. Yeah. But we see his hand controlling the entire situation. So interesting. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. which is, which again, like, like out of all the books, this is the only one where his name uh, does not uh, does not appear. Now, this kind of set the context of uh, Mordecai's story. His story takes place in the book of Esther. And um, and the Jewish people are in kind of Persian exile, and they are um, they are not in their own country, so they are foreigners. And um, and there is this young lady by the name of Esther who actually becomes uh, becomes queen. Now now another very interesting twist: Mordecai and Esther are related; they're cousins, mm-hmm. and so um, so ultimately. Ultimately, um, Esther becomes queen, and um, and then what happens? Yeah, and and that whole we're kind of just glossing over. That's a whole other yeah, yeah, episode exactly. worthy <laughs> of. I mean, of Esther's story. We really are just focusing on Mordecai. So, yes, Esther becomes queen, and Mordecai. Um, we can talk about him for a little bit because he. Well, he he has become her guardian. Her yeah. parents have passed. So she, yeah. they're cousins, but he has what we would call guardianship of her. So he is very much watching over her. Um, over the course of time, he even just hanging out by the city gates, he overhears a plot to kill the king. Again, remember the context. They're in enemy territory. And so, I mean, on the one hand, he might be like, well, I... Too bad for him, but that's exactly. not my problem. Exactly. But instead, he reports it, and that is written down. That comes to be important later on in the story. But Mordecai is one who stands up for what is right. We see um, when he steps up to stop the plot to kill the king. He also later in the story, Haman is the bad guy yes. of dun, the story dun. of Esther. <laughs> yes. Um, even in the Jewish festival Purim, where they celebrate the story, they yeah. they the tradition is to boo Haman. As a when we were in our homeschooling days, we actually celebrated Purim and with another family. Um, and the booing Haman got so out of control, like the kids <laughs> lashed onto that. Of course, kids <laughs> want to do that. Like, yeah. Yeah. I thought we're not we're never going to pull back. But Haman is the bad guy. Boo Haman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Mordecai also refuses to bow to Haman. That's the decree. Bow, he's the you know high king official. Mordecai says, no, I only bow to God. So he is one who stands up for what's right, despite the consequences. Yeah, and, and again, beautiful. Again, it's 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 a challenging thing, but it's also, um, it is one of those uh, situations where uh, we need people to, mm-hmm. to stand up for um, for the right thing, even uh, d- despite, despite consequences. Now, uh, Haman or or Mordecai actually 
um, overhears, um, and not only overhears, but he finds out about a plot to mm-hmm. exterminate all the Jews. And and that's where Mordecai stands up and he goes to his cousin Esther and says, hey, listen, you know, there's uh, th- there, there won't be any Jews left if you don't stand up and do something. And and I believe that God has placed you in this position for such a time as this. And um, and and. Esther knows the weight of this moment because she could lose her life, actually. Uh, she could lose her life by going into the king. And yet um, it is a challenge that um, that I think uh, Mordecai gives her mm-hmm. to help save an entire people. And, um, and, and I think we all kind of need these Mordecais in our lives to say, hey, what what challenging thing will you do for the sake of God, for the sake of raising up individuals um, to uh, advance the kingdom or challenging individuals to do something, um, maybe something that's kind of tough mm-hmm. for the sake of the name of God. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I, I love the fact that he actually goes into Esther and challenges her with this big, with this big challenge to save the Jewish uh, people. Yeah. That it, and, and I love your question of who is your Mordecai? Yeah. Like, do you have people who will challenge you and call you to higher purposes or, you know, keeping a standard of morality or whatever it might be that is important? And and even and the other side of that, too, of who might you influence? Yeah. Yeah. And that takes courage too sometimes Absolutely. to step in and challenge, you know, seeing something and and not that you want things to go poorly for someone, but you know, there's a little risk involved in being the Mordecai. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, calling someone to something higher. But man, so important for the health and um, strengthening of relationships to be willing to go there and to yeah. step in and to absolutely. challenge and to receive challenge. Absolutely. So, so let me ask, um, and and we're we're flipping it a little bit today. Who 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 is your Mordecai, or who has been a Mordecai for you that actually challenged you or encouraged you to do something challenging? Yeah. For for the sake of the gospel or even just um you know just for the not just for the sake of a challenge but pushing you mm-hmm. to do something bigger something more than you're already doing. Mm-hmm. Um I would say I, I myself am pretty self-motivated like for accomplishment but at the same time I avoid things challenges <laughs> that I don't think I will succeed at. Okay. So, okay. That, so that's the area where um where I think uh, my husband, even some high school teachers who nice. maybe saw some reticence in me to step in and encourage me, no, you can do this or take this, you know, go for this leadership position. Um even when I was uh, applying for teaching jobs initially, you know, I, my first job that I was offered was at a Christian co- a Christian school, which is very comfortable to me. I'd yeah. gone to Christian schools since yeah, fourth yeah. grade, la la la. And my dad said, "I actually think you should be teaching in a public school," and challenged wow. me wow. to step out of my comfort zone. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, variety of people. And that would be the specific area of when I like to avoid and keep things comfortable. Yeah. I definitely have had people to do that. How about you? Yeah. So so um there's someone in our church, Sarah Surline. Um, she she actually did the first or she did the 75 heart challenge and uh encouraged me to do it. Yeah. And um and about a month or so after she started, uh I started and um super, super encouraging to um to kind of push me to be a good steward of my body mm-hmm. not only of my body but In my mind, mind. Yeah, Exa- exactly exactly reading yeah yep so so um she she probably I, and i've told her but she probably um 
you know, probably doesn't think anything of it, but she was a super, super encourager as I was on the journey, felt like quitting, felt like giving up. But even in that, um, my relationship with God was deepened. It, it was a physical challenge, but it was through that physical challenge, my relationship with God was, um, was, was deepened. So she, in a sense, in the last year has been a Mordecai yeah. uh, for me. And, um, and for those who are listening, it doesn't take a lot to be a Mordecai. It could be a word. It could be a text right. message. It could be a phone call to encourage a person to, you know, hey, can we read the Bible together or to challenge them to read a verse a day or meditate on a verse a day. Or if you're, you know, if, if you're not, um, I, I don't know, it could be a number of different things that in your relationship with God. And I think uh, the real Mordecai um, actually challenged Esther um, to, to be something uh, bigger than she was at that point to mm -hmm. save uh, for a larger impact. And that is saving, uh, saving an entire, entire group of people. And, um, and ultimately Esther took the challenge mm -hmm. and, um, and the Jewish people were saved. They were not exterminated. And it was, it was because, you know, Mordecai said, I, I could lose my life, but I'm going to make this challenge and I'm going to give this challenge to my cousin. And, uh, and as a result, um, again, the trajectory of the Jewish people uh, was changed at that point, which I'm, I'm super, super uh, grateful for not only the real Mordecai, but the Mordecai's in my life as well. Yeah. And it's another example, like we talked with Miriam, where a little act of courage has big, profound ripple Absolutely. effects. Absolutely. Now, in both of those cases, it was it was saving the entire Jewish <laughs> country or Jewish people. Those are that's real significant ripple effects. We may not have that sort of ripple effect, <laughs> but it is true that a word that we may say to someone else may it may have ripple effects in their own life and the lives around them. There that that part is is one that we can we can know. Like those, as you said. It doesn't have to be a huge thing. Absolutely. It's those little words of encouragement. And we can probably, I mean, we know words are powerful. And uh, the encouragement we give, um, the encouragement we receive, that challenge we receive or give can can have huge, huge impact. Yeah. And we, we just, again, you know, as a singular voice, we want you to, um, and we want you to know that God can do, do amazing things through his people who are obedient to him. Mm -hmm. And um, one little small step of obedience could be the difference. And I think it was because Mordecai and Esther, uh, singular voice uh, of obedience, saved the Jewish people. And it really was the uh, a pivotal moment in the advancement of the gospel through, um, through the Jewish people, God's name being made famous. And so um, again, as, as Carolyn said, that your step of obedience may not be as dramatic as saving an entire group of people, uh, but you never know the one person you touch mm -hmm. could go on to um, connect with so many other different people to share the good news, to be a source of encouragement, to be a source, uh, a shepherd, a comforter. So that one brave step of obedience could make the difference in, in someone's life. Yeah, absolutely. And that you you mentioned this phrase for such a time as this. That right. is what Mordecai says to Esther. That's probably the most famous verse from that book of Esther. Yeah. That, and again, while it doesn't directly say God put you in this yeah. place yeah, for yeah. such a time as this, that is what we infer. Yeah. And that and that is true for us. Like God does have a plan for us, um, even when we don't see Him. 
at work directly there. He is working in and through all of these circumstances. I even think that's Love it. kind of cool that yeah. Esther doesn't <laughs> yeah. directly yeah. mention God. And yet his work is so evident yeah. Yeah. because that can be true. There can be times where we're like, man, I don't know. I don't see how God's at work. This is really dark or this is very confusing or I'm not sure where this is headed. I'm just taking the next right step that I see. But we have the luxury of looking at Esther's story and thinking like, yeah. wow, how cool is that? Like all of these decisions, these moments of courage, these moments of obedience led to um, the saving of her people. Yeah, that's, that's such a great, such a great word. And um, um, man, you're right. You even going back, hearkening back to Joseph, mm-hmm. Joseph didn't have really a clue as to what God was doing when his brother sold him into slavery. And when he was accused of rape, placed in prison, never did he understand what was all the things that were happening. Mm-hmm. And yet God took um, Joseph's life and uh, set him up in a position to save, again, another group of people, um, his family and and beyond. And so um, so even if you, you feel like, I don't know where God is taking me, know that he loves you and uh, has your best interest uh, in mind. And he is leading you somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, our job is to, is to trust him uh, even when we can't trace him, mm-hmm. uh, when we don't know where he's taking us. We, we trust his heart and we trust his hand as he moves us into the next, uh, the next chapter of our lives. Yeah. 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 And it is just that daily obedience, step by step. I mean, even thinking with Mordecai, this was not some plan that they had to get Esther in power right, and to, exactly. you know, like exactly. it was just yeah. the, hey, I think this is the next right thing. And this is the right next right thing. And he observes, you know, the plot to kill the king and he stops that. And then he, you know, there, uh, Haman, the, the plan to exterminate the Jews. That's when Mordecai steps in. It was just these daily moments of obedience to God's, um, to knowing what God would want him to do that he did. And that's, it, it wasn't a as much as I love <laughs> my plans and think I would like it all mapped out. It That daily um, desperation, that daily connection, that daily seeking God's leading is how we set it up. And that's really, Absolutely. that is how we want it to have that close communion with him versus, Hey, give me the plan and I'll see you at the end. Yeah. So the, the other thing that, that stands out um, is ultimately at the end, um, God rewards faithfulness mm-hmm. because Mordecai, who was supposed to be um, hanged on the gallows mm-hmm. uh, because of Haman's plot, um, the tables were turned and um, and ultimately uh, Haman was hanged on the very gallows that he created for Mordecai. Yeah. And then the king finally found out, oh, that it was it was Mordecai that um, that saved the king's life and was ultimately uh, Mordecai was ultimately celebrated. Now, the interesting thing is he didn't set out to be celebrated. Right. He he didn't sell like throw me a party, throw me a mm-hmm. party. He wasn't that mm-hmm. wasn't his uh that wasn't his um the, the purpose of what he was doing. He was simply acting um in righteous integrity. Um and as a result, um God rewarded his faithfulness. And we don't we, we're not obedient so that God might reward us. We're obedient because we love God. Mm-hmm. And some and the residual of our faithfulness is that God says, I will reward you. And sometimes the reward is in a, a myriad of things. It's it's peace because we we obeyed. Mm-hmm. Um other 
things that God rewards us with, whether it's position, because he can trust us with those positions to lead others and lead others well. So Haman, uh, um, Mordecai is another example of when you're faithful, God does see it and God does reward it in, in, in a number of different ways. Yeah, absolutely. So what can we believe about God, ourselves and others from this story of Mordecai? Yeah, I think I think one of the things is um, though we don't see God's hand at work, mm-hmm. we know He is at work navigating circumstances, leading us and putting us in position um, for the greater good of mm-hmm. His glory. Uh, like um, like He placed Mordecai and Esther in those positions to save uh, to save the Jewish people. So God's hand is even though we can't see it, we know He's working. We know He's moving. Yep, absolutely. And then when I think of what I can believe about myself and others, it is that God has a plan for us, that for such a time as this, I do love that. Like, and sometimes we don't see that at the time, Um, but how powerful that is to know that God has a plan. He has a purpose for me. I, I am his workmanship, his masterpiece. And he has, he has set things in place for me to step into. And then that other element we spend a lot of time talking about, who is your Mordecai? I do think yeah, that's so, yeah, and that yeah. is something to worth, it's worth spending some reflection time on. Like, who do I have those people? And then seeking those out if you don't. Absolutely, absolutely. Who, who do I have that um, knows me well enough, is courageous enough to step in and challenge me, encourage me, point me in a direction? And can I, how, who can I be that for as well? Yeah, it's a good word. Yeah. Good word. Well, thank you, friends, for joining us. Um, We're grateful for this example of Mordecai, and we do encourage you to take time to reflect on this story and have a conversation with a friend. 